Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome to The Crit Show. This is Rev, and instead of the normal one solitary floating voice in the void, we're actually all here today for this little bit of introduction. Hello. Hi. Hello. Because we want to take just a second to give some thanks. There are some people out there for numerous reasons that without their help or support, this never would have come together. So first off, I would like to thank for all their technical help with the audio equipment and uh, really just teaching us how to do a lot of these things that we didn't know how to do. Jeff O'Brien, John Myers, Chris Burchild, and Michael Jackson. No, not that Michael Jackson. I'd also like to thank Castle Sound uh, and especially Brian Schrader of Castle Sound. I would like to thank my girlfriend, Larissa, for being very supportive of me and not minding when I'm gone. I would really like to thank Jake's girlfriend, Larissa, for all of her support. You mind yourself and here. <laughs> you are on thin with, ice. With me being away for you guys 15, don't realize hours. how much larger Jake is than Tass. <laughs> Jake is like two Tasses in a trench coat. <laughs> uh, also, on the artistic side, we would like to thank Emily Callahan and Cassie Sandra. And our previous game masters and players who have helped us along our tabletop RPG adventure. Tony and Fritz and Adam and Guy and Todd and Eli and all of my other gaming pals. Really, you know, I've uh, I've had a, a rough time lately, so I just want to thank you guys for dealing with me and each other and all of the ridiculousness that we've been through to get this up. And I love you guys. And whoever came up with that like pre-cooked bacon that you can just throw in the microwave. God. I was about to like pat you on the shoulder, like take your hand gingerly in mine. But now I just really want some of that bacon. I know. I'd also like to thank Harvey. He sleeps on the couch when we all wish we could be sleeping on the couch. In the way of content and structure and inspiration, I'd also like to thank Eddie Webb, Matt Boucher, and Zero Fox. I would like to thank our listener. <laughs> and we'd also like to thank the Russian bot who is giving us all the reviews and ratings. Das Vidonia. is <laughs> good. Very much like show. Five star. I'd also like to thank Shield Maiden Shots, the Cripple Threat, and the JQHQ. And I'm sure there are a number of other people that we should thank, and I'm sure we will get there along the way as our addled minds remember. That's all for now. Thank you, and enjoy the Crit Show. Have we leveled up yet? Are you not tracking it? I am, but like, is the adventure over? Could we get the extra experience? You're like in the middle of a fight. Yeah. No, the adventure's not. Well, I mean, the adventure is over if, if you die. If I die, yeah. if I die, do I level up? I'm I, just excited. I have such. I have big plans for what I want to get next. I and think when you die, it's like Diablo. You just fall over and everything you own flies off of you into a pile. Mm, no, I don't like that. I want to level up instead. I kind of like that. I'd totally yeah. just get all the like, crap out hey, off look, of this dead body. A, a and and, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. We get to loot? 
<laughs> nice. I didn't know we get to loot. He uh, said I mean, it. What kind what, of tabletop game do you not get to loot in? Well, that's fair. What kind of loot? All right, right now, what kind of loot would each of us drop? Like our characters or us? Nope, like regular you. Oh, no. Uh, my phone, my wallet, my keys, the end. I'd drop about 10 slices of fully cooked, unchewed bacon. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that's how I eat it. I just open my gullet like a pelican and just jam it down in there. I would drop a rare Pokemon number 151 Mew dog tag that I got when the first Pokemon movie came out because it's nice. attached to my keys. Nice. Oh, nice. Rev, what would you... Oh, yeah, you exist in this game now. Yeah. I do exist in this game. Yeah. Why How, Why did you write yourself... How did you write yourself... How in... dare you is what we're trying <laughs> to say. <laughs> Where no did you get should... off? Well, you know what? I was afraid to not write myself in because I know that one of your guys' level up options is to create a second hunter. So I feel like I had to make myself exist in the world before, before one of you bastards made we me made you. and started <laughs> controlling me. Um, oh man, I, now I want to uh, think about what playbook I would have made you. Yeah, exactly. Is there like an idiot baby playbook? I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. You're a good friend, Brandon. Uh, you're there, a good friend, TJ. I mean, is there a, a dashing man? Jake, playbook? you take too harm. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I want to have in this game, this game obviously is an homage to so many things. There's, you know, elements of Buffy and, you know, Ash versus the Evil Dead and Supernatural and just everything. One of the things that I really love about the Dresden Files is I love that you get characters that if Harry saves them and can help them, they become allies and they might pop up. And so I wanted to have myself there kind of as a test for this. I'm in a bad situation right now, so my fate is up in the air, and depending on what happens to me will depend on what kind of resource it becomes to you, and I think that'll be a good model for me in the future as we add other people or characters into the world. This is going to be a terrible model for that when we accidentally let your ass die. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> when I become one with the soul bat. And they don't like light. They actually, that's half of why I'm calling it, stole and destroyed our flashlights, our phones. Oh, well, that makes sense. They're very tactically minded, actually. It's very intelligent. That's, well, that's a soul bat. You lunge forward, assuming that your hand is going to land true and grab this hammer, and you're just going to turn this whole motion into a strike at this thing. And you don't grab it, and you just pinwheel forward, planting your face in its back. And you feel like it's starting to grip onto your head and your face. Tess, as you pull Jake away from the creature, you see TJ run up and strike it with his nunchucks. A large head emerges from the creature's shoulder and clamps down on TJ. You see him wrench free and stagger back a few steps before collapsing to the ground, the shirt on his chest slowly turning to a deep scarlet red. Tash, you can tell from your training with IPT and the healing that you've done that TJ is bleeding out and he's not going to make it very much longer. I want to slide, if TJ's kind of fallen back from it, I want to slide over to him and try to patch him up. Roll it. That is a um, nine. So, woof. Do you want stabilized or healed? I guess to heal you two is the more immediate. Well, if like I get healed to two, if you get do healed, I become stabilized? That's I don't know. Yeah. This could be incorrect. If anyone out there knows better, uh, you can email us at thecritshowpodcast at gmail.com. But I'm going to say that because it is a healing move, that we will also stabilize him because he is healed above that unstable point it may be wrong since your move specifically says pick one yeah but then the recovery chart says 
plus four harm wounds require a healing move, time in an infirmary or hospital or magical healing. So you used a healing move. So we'll see what happens. Maybe someone will let us know. Who knows better? Yeah. So yeah, you've been healed for two damage. Yay. Jake, you want that hammer, don't you? That depends. Can I get it and still hurt this thing? Like, am I running out of time? Because I can punch it pretty good. Not quite as good, but still pretty good. Read a bad situation. Seven. You get one hold. I don't know how this resolves. I'm thinking what's the best way to protect the victims. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. What's the best way to protect the victims? Like, what's the best, what's my best course of action in stopping this thing from being dangerous? Mm -hmm. You stand up and you kind of spin around trying to make this decision of do I go back for the hammer? Do I try to just use my bare fists? And in these beams of light, you see hair and you see skin and you see a t-shirt. You can see glimpses of me underneath this. And you realize that he told you time is short on this thing bonding. And you think because of your ability to harm something regardless of what it is, just that your nature hurts evil that if you can get up there and grab a hold of the pieces around the areas where you see the person underneath you can probably pull it away and almost shuck it away like an ear of corn i'm gonna do that all right roll kick some ass i'm going to spend a point of luck yeah all right (laughs) so you are going to use a point of luck to turn that three into a 12 i'm so glad you did You move towards this creature and your hands start to glow again and you grab on to some of the goo that's on a shoulder and you grab on to some goo that's right above the face and you start to just pull down and flex. You look like Captain America, Civil War, bicep porn pose (laughs) (laughs) as you rip this thing away. And you do it so completely that it almost comes off like a wetsuit. And you are able to put your elbow in and knock me backwards and hold what is left of this thing up to the light. And it burns away. And then there's a moment of silence. Uh, First thing I'm going to do is slide over to you and check on you. Uh, Oh, God. You have to get to the source. Is it the locker? Yes. It won't be gone long. And I pass out. I want to, like, pick you up and... Put you somewhere slightly less out in the middle of everything. Okay. Yeah, there's a concession stand right there. You can tuck me in next to the M&Ms. Okay. <laughs> That's how I, I and I set, I set a box gently on your chest. Aww. TJ, get back in the rig, man. Okay. I get back in. Is there uh, some of that stuff inside of it still? Uh, there's not, actually. You open up uh, and you realize that when you got ejected, that it must have got ejected too and just got caught in the backlights. Nice. So you're inside the suit. You push the lock button, yep. the back closes again, the airbag deflates. All right, follow us, and I'm going to lead him through the theater up to that backstage door. You make your way down the hallway into the dark room, and you see the stairs. All right, it's down there. Okay, I go down the stairs. All right, so you get down the stairs, and you can see all the light that's coming out of you, that there is this goo pouring out of a locker. And as your light shines across the room, you can see that the goo is kind of churning and bubbling it's not going away but it's reacting negatively i want to go up to the locker i think and like put a hand on it and like like get ready to blast this shit and just open that locker you open the locker and you see a backpack 
And it seems like all of this goo is pouring out of this backpack. I think I want to just hit the backpack with my hammer. <laughs> like, just, like shoot the backpack, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I want to just Gallagher this backpack. Okay, roll kick some ass. Seven. As you step forward to try to Gallagher this thing, you do three harm? I do. And you take two as the stuff that you're standing in that's been pouring out of this locker starts to burn away the soles of your shoes and into the soles of your feet. Oh, God. Wowie. Is that two before my armor? Yes. Uh, I Like I'm stepping on fire ants. I'm like, ah, I'm like kind of step back and out of the puddle. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pull out the grenade I took from TJ earlier (laughs) and say, alley-oop, and I'm going to chuck that thing into the locker. All right, roll it. Kick some ass. Six. Um, I'm standing right there. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Can I help out? Can I sort of reach out and try and like, Alley oop, like spike it the rest of the way into the locker. Uh, sure. Yeah, you are right up front, so this is all your business if it goes wrong. Oh, Ooh, baby. Mama. Uh, 10. Baby uh, doll. Yes. Uh, nice. All right. So, yeah, you spike this thing. I just go dunk, boop, and, and you slap it into the locker. Yeah, it goes into the locker and it explodes. The locker shatters, as does part of the back wall. So you all stagger back, and you're able to shield yourself from the blast. There's smoke. There's debris. Is there still sloshing? Roll read a bad situation. I'll help him out. By shedding light on the area. shedding light on the situation. Okay, so you're going to step sideways. I like that you're uh, just assuming he failed. It doesn't matter. right away. You can't help me out. I got a five. Uh, Yeah, you think it's gone. You think that the gray stuff is gone. That grenade seemed to destroy whatever it was that was allowing this thing to manifest into this world. I think we did it. And I'm going to start moving into like the smoke where I know the locker last was. And as you do, you feel something start to crawl up your leg. I think I was wrong. Get it to, oh, I'm going to shine light on his leg. Uh, yeah, there sure is stuff on the ground still, and it's starting to make its way up his leg. And you can see in the light now, even through the dust, that the backpack is shredded. But there are like miscellaneous items there, and this stuff is still pouring off of them. Roll protect someone, because you're going to try to use this light to get this thing off of his leg. Yes, I am, because gross. I got an eight on a to protect someone. And protect someone allows one hunter to protect another hunter by possibly putting themselves in harm's way, which is exactly what happens on an eight. TJ leans in to burn this thing off of Jake, forgetting again that he left the fingers off of this mech. And you see the goo slide back inside the suit. Much more of it than previously is rolling up inside of the suit. Like it is almost the reverse effect you see coming from the locker. Uh, I hit the eject button. Uh, roll act under pressure. Ten. You think for a minute that this thing is going to gum up your hands. You're not going to be able to push the button, but you hit it and you eject backwards. So you guys hear this suit of armor close and start to creak and groan as it is filled to bursting and starts to crack and lights start to pop and go out. Oh, jeez. I'm digging through my pockets. I got nothing else. Yeah, as you dig through your pockets, you find that ticket stub that you found outside by Tass's car. As you look at this ticket, you glance up. In the light of the armor that's starting to fail, you still see that there are a bunch of items inside of the locker. That backpack was destroyed, but there are various items inside of it. Oh, well, uh, investigate the locker then. All right, roll it. 
Uh, that would be an 11. You get a hold two. Um, what is being concealed here in correlation with those items in right. the locker? So inside the locker, you see that there is a notepad. You see that there's like a lunchbox that's all beaten up. And you see an old copy of the script for Macbeth. And as you look closer, it seems like this stuff that is pouring out of the locker is actually coming from this open script. What are you doing? This shit is coming out of this book. Okay, well, step back then. Kick some ass. A six. TJ steps back to try to help you get out of the way. And in doing so, kind of steps into your line of fire, which causes you to shoot into the ceiling and some debris falls on you and you take one harm. Is that physical? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, and I'm okay though. So you see these guys. Laurel and Hardy over here. The room is now almost completely dark as these lights shatter on the suit. I guess I want to take a swing at the script. Okay. Roll it. Okay. Hold on. Oh, thank you. 11. I like hold the hammer up like commanding the lightning and just bring it down on the script as hard as I can. Great. You hit this book and you see that the light that you hit it with condenses inside the book and spins around and then shatters out. And you see the book blow to pieces and all of the shadow and all of the inky goo just dissipate. And as the suit uses the last of the battery, no longer straining from the pressure inside because the entity inside has been destroyed or sent back to where it came from, the lights go out, but the normal lights kick back on and you're able to see this green room with lockers and couches. I'm going to sit down and bleed from the nose for a little bit. Okay. You guys are reclining, relaxing on the couches, trying to catch your breath. Everybody's a little bloodied, a little beat up. And you hear shuffling in the room upstairs. Oh, son of a bitch. What now? I leap to my feet, hammer at the ready. I roll off the couch that I'm laying on and begrudgingly get to my feet. Uh, I just remain laying on the floor and point the shotgun in the direction of the opening. After a couple moments, you see a slightly brighter light, a flashlight pointing down the stairs and kind of sweeping around. Oh. Hello? Hello? Rev? Yeah, did you kill it? We think. Good. And he starts coming down the stairs. And it is just normal you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hold the mag light. Then, yeah, I'll lower my weapon. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Um, Holy crap, thanks. Like, how the hell did you do that? We found a script? A book? No, no, no. I mean, how the hell did you pull that thing off of me? You know, just channeled some divine might he has god powers and ripped it right off of you yeah wait what which god uh unclear oh ye norse that seems presumably i hold up mjolnir and i'm like remember this whole thing this happened at your house and oh oh night mage the god of cosplay no (laughs) i don't think so no that's not you get your powers from i don't know i haven't messaged him Uh, to ask i could hold on i'm gonna get out my phone and get on facebook messenger all right Night Mage, are you my god, question mark? For anybody out there listening, if you don't know Night Mage, you should find him. He is one of the kindest cosplayers out there, and he actually got a presidential award for the amount of charity work that he did in, I think, 2000... I'm going to say the wrong date, so I won't say one. Oh, wait. They got the three dots. It looks like he's responding. 
No, this is just a winky emoji. I'm not sure what that means. It says, <laughs> new phone, who dis? Who dis? <laughs> we are on Facebook. <laughs> you know who dis is. <laughs> Sorry, unclear. Can't, but the signal's Breaking bad. up. <laughs> Going through a tunnel. Oh, did you also see my sweet uh, armor that I made? Oh, did you? Why does that look like Tess's car? Uh, okay, this is all going to be kind of a shock to you, bub. But... Um, we are honest-to-God monster hunters. I know, I know. It's hard to believe. It's a little crazy. This is my first mission. I still don't believe it. We just saw a monster. It was crazy. Wait, this is your first mission? Yeah. That's pretty damn impressive. You guys took out a soul bat on your first mission. Yeah, well, we... Wait, wait what the on. hell? You know what a soul bat is? Yeah, it's um, it's like whenever someone has a, a widely held superstition, something that people really believe in superstitiously and get really passionate about and angry about, like that energy, that anger has a ramification on the world and soul bats are able to condense that and they're able to use that as a portal to come through and then if they attach to the host, then the, the, I mean, the anchor, of course, doesn't matter after that point, but then they're bonded to it and they're in the world and they can feed off of negative energy. I look at like you and I look at Tass and I'm like, is he who you called? No. How how do you know all this? This is part of what I do. The guardians of the ley lines, a big part of our job is to just research and to know stuff about creatures. All right. News to me. Well, I mean, in all fairness, I think everybody's maybe keeping a few secrets. And I kind of look at all three of you around the room. Well, okay. Fair. Okay. So these ley lines, what's, what is the... Let, okay. Let's say... They these two don't hunt monsters like I you know I work with an organization so let's oh, they right. probably don't know what it is oh that's fair exactly yeah. so why don't you ex- explain it explain it for that for so they know so ley lines are kind of where magical energies from other worlds or other dimensions collect and so they're areas of great power where magic works better where if you could find a way you can you can channel the magic and maybe do things that you normally couldn't do before things that were above kind of your abilities or the things that you can normally do, but more powerfully. It's more, yeah, it's more powerfully what, what happens there. So kind of like the Sanctum Sanctorum, like in Doctor Strange? Well, kind of. There's, there's more than just the three, and we don't really know where they all are because they're almost think of them like gold veins in a mountain. You don't know where it is until you stumble across it, and then you don't know how deep it is until you kind of prospect in it. So yeah, like I don't live here to to guard it. I just, it's one of the ones that I am supposed to check on when there's a problem. So there's one here in Indianapolis. There's one here in the basement of this theater. Oh, they're like that small of scale. Yeah, yeah. It's like a crack. You know, it could be anywhere from 20 feet long to maybe only half a foot. Oh, who do you take orders from? Like you saying this, like somebody tells you to do this? Yeah, it's really just, it's the order of the ley line. I don't like that. I, you asked me that question last night, and I sure didn't come up with a better name. <laughs> in the in-between. <laughs> okay, so we're kind of piecing this all together. Clearly, some stuff was going on. Why did you come here to check on this? I think for the same reason that you did, someone died here. So I just wanted to make sure that everything was all right. And when I got here, that thing, the soul bat, was waiting and not like, oh, I went and interacted with whatever was anchoring it. I mean, it was waiting in the door, and it was on me. Like it ambushed you? Yeah, like it was a, It was like a trap. Is that normal? No, not at all. You have to interact with the thing that is its anchor for it to even have a remote chance of trying to bond to you. 
that leaves a lot of unanswered stuff. So what do we do now? Is it done? Did we get it? I assume. I mean, what did you guys see? A copy of Macbeth with a bunch of the goo pouring out, and we smashed it and blew it up and seemed to go away. Well, that makes sense. I guess a copy of Macbeth in an old theater. There's plenty of animosity and ill feelings around that, I'm sure. I can't believe people put so much weight in that superstition. Well, it worked. Yeah, it sure did. Okay, so we destroyed the book. The thing stops coming, but how would it be out? Is it, how do I ask you this? After we got it off of you, it came after us. Is there any possibility that that designer interacted with it, still died in the process, then the thing was just free and looking around for someone? I don't think so. It wouldn't kill someone unless it had a host. Like, it's smart enough to know that it's got a bond in this world to be able to stay. Like, they actively work to get across that barrier. The guy dying didn't have anything to do with the soul bat coming into existence, probably. I mean, not as far as I could tell, but, I mean, like I said, I kind of walked in the door and it was on me, so I didn't get to, I didn't get to inspect where the guy had died. Let's go do that, I guess. That's not a bad call. Yeah, all right. Okay. Actually, um, you guys mind coming with me for a minute? I, I should go check the basement. Yeah. Okay. So I lead you guys upstairs and through the back of the theater into another hallway, and we go into the, the costume shop. And at the back of the costume shop, there is a door, and I pull a key out, and I unlock the door, and we start to go down those stairs that are behind that door. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about kind of as we're traveling? So when did you start this again? Gosh, um, about 15 years ago. What? Yeah, I mean, that's why I travel so much. That's why I live in different places. It's kind of... You said it was it was theater stuff. Well, I mean, it was. I still had to find regular work. Being a guardian of a ley line doesn't really pay the bills. Also, technically, this was theater work because it happened in a theater. Yeah, the guy who gave me this location, I think he has a little bit at least of a sense of humor. But before I was just kind of floating, they don't have as many people as there are ley lines. And so when you first join, it's it's kind of like, well, here are all the ones that need to be checked on. You do it now. All this time, you could have told us about this, and we could have had so much fun. I mean, if you think that going into old buildings, walking into the basement, and then reading books at night instead of sleeping on ancient rituals and monsters is fun, then absolutely. Well, now that you mention it, uh, yeah, probably not. I don't think it's the same kind of stuff you guys might be doing at night. So how many ley lines do you know of? I know of four. How many, like, total does the organization know exist? That I don't know. I just know the ones that I have been given the locations of to check on. Hmm. Compartmentalized information. Yeah. So if he ever gets caught by the enemy? I think it in part might be that they go away or, you know, it gets used up for some purpose if, you know, someone's casting a, a really large spell or doing something, you know, I think sometimes some of that energy goes away. I've, I've seen one. I used to know where like seven were, and I've seen ones just be empty. Wait, back up. TJ, what did you just say? Um, About compartmentalized information? No, the... And, and if the enemy ever caught him? That. That. I meant like... Is there know. any kind of concentrated situation that would be working against you guys? Something... Like, I don't know how to even word this, werewolves that band together. Um, you know, is there something that would have placed the soul bat here? I mean, not that I can think of. It's not like these are things that are, I guess, think of them like natural resources. Yeah. They're there and people need to use them sometimes. And so 
we tell people the location and so they can go and use that energy. I mean, I guess I don't know the process of how you get, yeah, you can use this one. I don't know how you apply to use a ley line now that I think about it, but I can't imagine that if you know about them, as long as you're doing something worthwhile that you get turned down. So I don't know who would be against us. Okay. All right. Well, let's get down to this basement, I guess. Yeah. You guys start to go down the stairs and there's a strange smell coming from the basement. What does it smell like? Uh, I'll tell you as soon as I finish the description of the environment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Quaidus interrupted. <laughs> you can see very dim light flickering off the walls, and something about the room feels hollow. You can't exactly place it, but it just feels empty. Like if you've ever been inside of a large cave in the dark, it just feels empty. Something doesn't feel right, and I get my shotgun out. What does it smell like? Lavender and sandalwood. Oh, that's pleasant. So it's a pleasant smell. It is. It it seems like burning candles. Oh, all right. Well, that's a little more questionable. This doesn't seem right, Tess. I agree. This, and I start to go down the stairs faster. Oh God! Yeah, following following close behind Hammer you- Ready. I guess I'll just go ahead and follow behind Jake. You guys get to the bottom of the stairs, and you see that there is this fairly small room, maybe 10 by 10, at the bottom of the stairs, and that there is a crack running along what almost looks like a cobblestone floor. And the crack's maybe three and a half feet long and a couple inches wide. It's wider in the center than it is on the edges, and some candles around it are flickering is this crack uh, like human-ish size? Uh, you said three foot long, but how deep? Like, is it, can I, can I tell whether or not it's deep? Or is, I guess I don't understand the, the crack. <laughs> it's um, been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go look into the crack. Sexy. Hearing you say that, Jake pulls his pants up. <laughs> like, I didn't realize they were, they were drooping. Um, yeah, so you push your way. Uh, kind of past everybody, and you can see that I am standing there really puzzled looking at the candles, and you walk up to the crack. What do you do once you get there? I, um, I... <laughs> Go on. I'm just is, gonna... Give me this detail. Is worse and worse. I'm going to... If you say finger this crack, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <I can't> even... <laughs> oh, no. While he's deciding, I'm looking around to see if there's anybody down here. Well... Likewise, yeah. First, I'm even just going to put a hand on your shoulder and say, did you light these? No, I didn't even put them here. Okay, so yeah, then I'm really going to kind of look around the space, see if there's somebody down here or signs of somebody being down here. How are you looking around, just in the sense of the lighting of the room? Um, Are all lights out besides these candles? Uh, There are no lights down here, just the candles. Just the candles. So like, are the edges of the room engulfed in shadow? Yeah. I'm tempted to say that we kind of like, where do the stairs come into the room? Like in the, like in the middle of a wall? Yeah. I'm tempted to say that we just kind of break off either side and just kind of literally hug the wall because we'll be able to see the candle light and, you know, just kind of loop around and plan to meet on the other side. And Yeah. Uh, Rev, can you try to hit, hit these corners with your light? Yeah. Yeah. And I absentmindedly hand you the flashlight and bend down and start looking at the candles. Okay. So then, yeah, I'm going to start making my way around and have that literally like flashlight on the, the flashlights aiming where the shotgun is. Roll investigate a mystery. Okay. That would be a nine. All right. You get a hold one. I guess I'm going to be 
uh, asking what happened here, kind of in regards to leading to what, how are these, how do these candles exist? As you're scanning around the room, you're panning the light across the walls, down to the floor, across the room to Jake, and you can see that when the flashlight goes over the ley line, that there's a little bit of reflection from the sides of it. It's almost like they've been glassed. And just thinking about what was said earlier about them being kind of a repository of energy, you assume that the stone, the rock, whatever is coming through the floor here, or what the floor is made of, was distorted by the energy pouring out of it, which you don't see. And you see the candles, and as you get around the room, you realize that they're not randomly placed. There's a pattern to them. And as you turn your flashlight back towards the stairs, you can see that there are footprints in the dust on the stairs and only one set going up. So it seems to you that someone may have done some kind of a ceremony here recently. Okay, that ain't great. Somebody else was definitely down here. Um, I'm looking at the pattern of the, the candles too to see if it sticks out as anything, I don't know, obvious, I guess, like a pentagram, you know, something that's like maybe unholy or more like neutral or... Yeah, it's not a pentagram. You can just tell that they are, you know, there's 10 of them. And as you go around the circle, the spacing between them is not symmetrical, but it is a repeating pattern. Okay. Jakey, I don't think there's anybody else down here. I think they did what they wanted to do and left. And then I'm going to come over, you know, back towards the middle with you. What do you think? This looks, I mean, is this, I don't even know the right word. Is this dry? Yeah, no, it's it's gone. The, the energy's gone. Okay, so somebody came down, they sucked up all of the energy, they left, and then this soul bat starts doing crazy things in a very powerful way. Unless those things were happening in tandem, maybe... Maybe that thing was to keep anyone who showed up from getting down to the person that's that was sucking up the energy. Yeah. Maybe or- that was a distraction. Or maybe the ley line was used to keep the soul bat in check? Well, I don't think it was in check. I mean, maybe what you said first, they drained oh. it and then the soul bat. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Got oh. loose. I mean, I guess we don't know unless we go try and find whoever this person was that was down here. Well, we have vaguely some tracks here. We can try to follow something back out. Um, oh, yeah, if you think you can follow the tracks, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. We'll try. Yeah, I don't know any one person that could channel this energy into something it takes multiple people to do it well i think only one set left so sacrifice Uh, do you point out the the footsteps on the yeah and it's you all get a chance to kind of look and you can very clearly see the four sets of footprints that belong to the four people down here in the room and there's only one other set down and then up oh there is just one oh yeah i guess you're right look there's only one total like we're dealing with somebody who's impossibly powerful, like or impossibly knowledgeful. I've I've not seen this pattern of these candles before, and I pull out a little notebook and I scribble out the pattern and pick up one of the candles and pocket it. Okay, I was just about to ask what's going to happen if I could put them out. Like if you thought it would be okay for me to put them out, do you think these are sustaining anything now or No, I mean everything's gone. It's weird that they would just you know what? I guess it's not that weird. I was going to say it's weird that they would just leave their candles here. But I guess if you're like, I possess all arcane power, then $8 worth of candles probably doesn't matter that much to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. 
okay, this has just turned into a time crunch, boys. And I'm going to turn and start heading, heading up, see if I can even remotely try to follow some tracks. We'll follow him, I guess. All right. So how are you going to try to track these? Um, I'm literally going to, you know, follow the, the path in the dust with the flashlight, um, you know, that we could clearly see. And then once we get up there, do my best to see which direction, like if the, any of that dust that was disturbed going up and down, um, continues in a direction. Okay. Uh, roll investigate a mystery. Uh, I don't think I keep very good track of that with a four. Oof. Good. Yeah. So you get to the top of the stairs and you try to follow the tracks to see if there is any of the dust making footprints that they picked up on their way up the stairs. You go over to the wall and you kick on some of the additional lights to try to get a better view. And you can actually see now that the theater is really well lit up, there's a number of windows on the dome above the audience. And you can see that some of it is uncovered, and this light is actually shining out of the dome. Um, but you're not able to see anything. Ah, shit, I think I lost it. Uh, I don't know what to do at this point, boys, besides sweep the theater again. But I'm assuming if their whole goal was to get down there and inhale a bunch of magic energy that they've probably gotten out of here by now. I want to look around for exit points, like whatever the closest exit point is to this doorway, see if there's a door outside that has been opened recently. The closest one to where you are right now is the one that you guys came in, kind of that hidden door. Does anything seem different about it? I mean, this is kind of vague, but I want to see if it if it is ajar, like for starters, or if uh, it seems like something's been knocked over that wasn't knocked over when we came in. Sure, uh, And sure. like, I want to peek out into the alley and see if anything's out of place out there. And you're, so you're trying to see if it's any different from when the two of you, Jake and Tass, ran out of the building in the dark. I think that was the last time you used this door. It was when you both sprinted away from the monster yeah. when it was backstage. Yeah. So I don't know what I would be able to pick up different, yeah. except there was some light in the alley, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might be able to notice something actually out the door being different. So I want to open the door and poke my head out in the alley and just see if anything seems different from the last time we were out here before we came back in. Okay. Yeah, you don't really see much difference. All of the random bric-a-brac and stuff that was in this alleyway. The door was closed. You remember Tass closing it when you guys came out. Now that the lights are back on inside the theater, you see the pieces of the stage light that you remember when you guys first came in mm-hmm. was on the ground and got stepped on. And But no, you don't really see anything that sticks out as different or out of place compared to what you remember. Okay. Then back inside, I would want to look for what I think maybe the next closest exit point would be if there's a window somewhere or did I notice the dome? Would yeah. I notice the window? Yeah, when he dome? looked up and saw the light was coming out of it, you could see the dome there, yeah. I don't suppose there's anything leading up to it, is there? There is. If you get up into the grid and then climb up some ladders, some scaffolding, you can see that there is a walkway around the base of this. Might as well. That could be an exit point, yeah. Let's go see what we can see. Yeah, absolutely. I want to lead this because I love going up into grids and heights and things like that. He does. Where uh, where do you guys want to go up into the grid at? I'm going to go look for the sound booth slash light booth to see if I can find the 
entrance to the grid okay. from that area. So you remember when you were up in the grid that the sound booth and the light booth was at the back of the house. So you probably can deduce that if maybe you go out into the lobby mm-hmm. and go up the stairs inside of the lobby, that one of those sets of stairs might eventually lead up to the booth. Gotcha. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head that way. Okay. Are you guys uh, going to follow him? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So you guys go through the lobby. You go up which set of stairs, left or right? Ooh, uh, left. Okay. So you go up the stairs. It takes you to the balcony. And then in the back corner of the balcony, there's another set of stairs that kind of go in a half circle and take you into the back of the booth. Okay. I'm going to go up into the booth and, and see if I can't find that entrance to the grid. All right. It's unlocked. Inside the room, there's a ladder in the corner that you can see goes up to a trap door in the ceiling of the light and sound booth. Oh, nice. Uh, Hey, check it out, guys. And from up here, you can see the whole stage. You can see the whole grid from the windows at the front of the booth. Uh, Can I reach that trap door? Yeah, if you climb the ladder. Oh. Like the ladder is attached. It's a permanent fixture. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to climb up, at least up to where I can get a hand on it, and just kind of look back down at them and wait for a thumbs up up and and give a shrug and then open it and continue up. I'll follow him. Okay. Is anybody doing anything else inside the booth? Or are you all just following up the ladder? Is this a, maybe a fresh spot that I could kind of check around to see if there's been any recent activity? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah I just kind of want to look for anything knocked ajar, footprints, um, you know, signs that, yeah, anything's been pushed aside or, yeah, movement. Okay. Investigate a mystery. Yeah, okay. Oh, baby. How about an 11? All right. So you get a hold two. What's being concealed here? You look around the room and you see some old paper plates. There's uh, an empty soda can. You can see that the chair has been scooted out from the dust. Again, nobody's been up here in quite a while. You think that it might have been the designer who is scoping out the space. But you can see that the paper plate, it's got some food crumbs on it. But then there's also a number of crumbs a couple feet to the side, just on the table. And it seems odd to you that someone would, like, bring a plate up into this space to eat and, like, eat over it and then just suddenly stop eating over it and leave the debris of their food on the table, especially someone who's used to a space like this that would take care of it and want to make sure that it stays pristine uh, for when they're taking apart any electronics or any lights or any sound equipment or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Um, so then I kind of want to take that information in mind and mix any time that I've spent in a theater with all of this much more fresh, recent kind of monster training in mind and try to piece together what happened here. So as you look around the room and you think about when you've been in the back of rooms like this where designers are sitting or technicians are programming or running a show, you know, for the most part, they come to the chair and they're in the chair. The chair is usually the spot where they can see the stage best. And you see a chair for the stage manager. You see a chair for the light board. And you see a chair for the soundboard. So you've got those three chairs that you're used to seeing up here. But you see dead center in the window that there are some footprints. Like someone came and stood at the center of the window and was looking out of the window. You feel like someone else was up here. That someone came up these stairs at some point, found what was left of the food ate it, and watched the stage for some reason. Okay, that's creepifying. I'm going to just go ahead and uh, haul, haul up the ladder then after them. All right. So you guys are climbing up the ladder. 
it's about 20 feet before you get to the lip around the glass dome. So when you get to the top of the ladder, you can get out onto the lip. It's pretty thin. You know that this really is only here to either hang lights off of or to attach something to so that you could clean these windows. So does it look so thin that I don't think I could navigate it on foot? You could, but it would be tricky. And there's no safety if I fall, I fall into the stand, into the seats? Yeah, picture like a clothes rack inside of a closet, like a really heavy-duty one. It is braces coming out from the edge of the bottom of the dome, and then are a series of pipes that make the big circular ring around the bottom. Okay. Um, so it's wide enough that you could walk on it. You would essentially have your hands against the glass, and then the other side of you would be to infinity. Good. Um, so from where I am just at the top of the ladder, do any of the windows seem to be open or broken or anything? Roll investigate a mystery. What are you looking for exactly? I am I am just like, because I, I sort of pop out a hatch, right? Like No, huh? Or, no, no. I opened the hatch in the light and then climbed up about 20 feet. Okay. And now you're at the bottom of this ring. Okay. Um, I am just looking around. I know that there are windows up here or glass up here. Mm-hmm. I just want to scan around like every bit that I can see above my head and see okay. if any of it looks broken or open from where I am All right. before I bother to go try to maybe navigate this. Yeah. Uh, roll investigate a mystery. Uh, Ten. You get a hold two. What happened here? Like, did anybody, as in, did anybody pass through this area or does it seem like this has been disturbed or manipulated? So as you look around, you do see that one of the windows, the hinges are open a little bit and there's about two or three inches showing at the bottom. And you can see that these, if you push on the bottom, would swing out and lead to the roof. All right. Um, so I think I know that something went out there. That's what this seems like. I think I want to go with what sort of creature is it? Just like based on maybe the size of the window and what it would take to maneuver to it, would like, would I assume this was a person? Do I think that some sort of monster could have even made it? Like, could a quadruped have even navigated this and things like that? You think that anything with enough upper body strength to hold its own weight to pull it up onto this pipe and the thumbs to do so could have done it. It's not really, there's a huge range of things in your head that could have opened this window. Anything with the ability to, you know, push open a hinged door could do it. Including a trained chimpanzee. Yeah, especially. (laughs) TJ spoiled the final arc. Oh, no. So sorry, guys. The orangutan did it. King Louis, baby. Uh, okay, so I want to look back down the ladder and explain down the ladder to them. Uh, there is a window up here, and it's open, and it seems like it leads to the roof. I would guess somebody either came in or went out through it. Uh, it's kind of a bitch to get to, but I can try. Or I don't know if there's a better way to get to the roof in this place. Do you guys know anything else about theaters? Would there be easier roof access? Uh we can certainly look. I, I definitely think somebody went that way. I, I honestly think whoever it was was literally standing up in that booth watching us until it, it he, she saw us coming because, yeah, there's definitely somebody up there just standing and watching. So should I go for it? Do you want me to try and go out this window? Well, anything's better than hanging on this ladder. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and navigate my way to and through the window. All right. Roll, act under pressure. This is... A very difficult 
pull up. It's a difficult walk across just on your boots and then to push the open and climb out the window. God, if this goes wrong, it goes so very wrong. Not inaccurate. Oh, what no. did you get? I got a four. Oh, we should probably no. start helping people out. <laughs> yeah, I could have used a boost. Yeah, you wrap your leg around the pipe, but the metal on metal contact of your armor and the pipe don't give you the traction you need. And as you pull yourself up, your legs suddenly slip from the pipe. Tass and TJ, you see Jake's eyes widen as the unexpected weight of his lower body wrenches free his grip and he plummets towards the ground below. Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was Spaceship Oz 9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz 9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. What are you doing alive? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Aren't they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz 9's adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there. <laughs>